Chargers Unleashed. Jay Kepner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. If this is your first time tuning in to the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, we have finally made it to Combine Week. Got a big week in store for that event. Excited to see all of the young players down there in Indianapolis or up there in Indianapolis running those drills. It's going to be a lot to talk about. We've got a lot prepared on that front. But today, Dan, we are shifting gears, talking about possible trade scenarios. And we're going to cover a lot as it relates to this because we've talked a number of different times about what the Chargers are going to do with the fifth overall pick. We're going to discuss possible trade down scenarios as it relates to that, who the Chargers could potentially be trading with. We're also going to be talking about possible trade scenarios as it relates to certain players on this team. And with the flux in cap space that took place last week, it gives a little bit of more room that the Chargers could possibly work with to potentially keep in these players. But there are a ton of mock trade scenarios that have come out. And Dan and I wanted to give our own touch and our own thoughts on those. So today is all about the trades. And we're going to break everything down. So Dan and I are excited to jump into this. But of course, before we do that, Dan Wolkenstein, how are you, sir? I'm great. Honestly, I'm so pumped. It's lion season. Got the combine this week. Yes. And see all kinds of folks in very tight tights all throughout the week. Uh, hopefully you see people blazing 40 times and benching 400 times on the 40 or the bench press. Uh, but you're already hearing it. You're hearing some guys who are going to be Present at the combine, doing partial workouts, non-workouts, going to be throwing, not throwing, hot off the press. Malik Neighbors will be there for interviews, but will not be doing any of the physical workouts. That will be waited and delayed till his pro day. So call it now. By the end of this week, Jake, Roma Dunze is going to be skyrocketing. <laughs> not a bad and prediction. Hey, it's good for Chargers fans. It's good for it's, Chargers fans because that's one more good. player that teams might possibly want to trade up for or hell maybe the chargers keep you may but, have just accidentally caused a idea to be made for a new combine event because if you caught dan wolkenstein saying there you know you're gonna see four 400 reps on the 40 and it got me thinking just for a second what if that was a new event because you see some of those stupid gym memes or whatnot where the dudes are like sprinting on the treadmill, but they also have the barbell in their hand and they're also <laughs> yeah. just flexing like that. I'm like, that's an event that I want to see these guys do it. <laughs> do, do it simultaneously. I the bench it. press and the 40. I would love to see that. I'll watch it. So yeah, so lots of exciting things. But today, like Jake said, all things trade scenarios. We'll talk about existing trades of players that are currently on the team. Possible options there, as well as some trade down scenarios within the NFL draft, which we'll get to we'll kind of go through as we do it. We'll go through some mock draft sims to see what players would be available at certain positions if we were to do so. But Jake, before we get into all of that, we got to pay the bills. Let's talk about our friends. Want to tell everybody about our friends over at about uh, about underdog fantasy and their pick em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Just pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em entry and get every pick right, and you'd be taking home some cold, hard cash. Just use the promo code UNLEASHED and get your first deposit doubled up today by, by $500 by Underdog. Go on over to Underdog Fantasy today and let them know that Chargers Unleashed sent you. So I think we're at the point where it's like crack. 
<laughs> I wouldn't know what that's like, but I see the meme, Dave Chappelle, where if you see trade scenarios, you just want more and you want more and you want more and you want exactly. more. And honestly, a lot of Chargers fans just want to see a trade. They don't care what it is. Just give me something. Chargers fans, we're here for you. Jake and I it's... have a bunch. <laughs> Since Dan and I have been doing this show, I don't know that there is conceptually an episode that we have done. I mean, we talked about hypothetical trades before when it relates to draft picks, anything else like that. But we've never had an episode actually like this that is with all these possibilities because now it's actually realistic. Now it's actually something that is a possible reality that the Chargers could pull off yeah. where we just went through a whole decade where trade was like a foreign language to the previous regime of the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'm really excited to get into these hypotheticals as it relates to this because they all, a lot of them make sense both from a financial standpoint and obviously from what the front office is going to be prioritizing now in Joe Hortiz, how he loves getting more draft capital now. It's more real than ever. And this will be fun. So let's start with the two big names for the Los Angeles Chargers team. Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa are probably the two trade options. I don't think Mike Williams has a trade market. I don't. Which is uh, wild, you know, but given the scenarios, given the I'm, health, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't, I just, I don't think it happens. So in this regard, we'll talk about Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And again, some of this is lion season, obviously, where people hold things close to the vest. Teams will say they will or won't make trades, but we've seen things talked about Khalil Mack third, fourth round pick, maybe, you know, there's a lot of variables here when it comes to age, production, uh, contract, you name it. But given what this stud has done while in LA this past season, 17 sacks, ho-hum, not slowing down. Third or fourth round pick seems to be kind of the landing spot for trade value. I would put if that as, oh, sorry, Dan, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, if it was a third or fourth round pick, do you trade Cleo Mack? Yes. Yes, you do. And at a third or fourth round pick, I mean, that's like the optimistic ceiling of what we're looking at here. Best case scenario. Is it the most realistic? Not so much, because you, I think you have to weed through a lot as it relates to Khalil Mack. Now, even still, you take out that six, game, that six sack performance that he had, and you'd say, okay, well, he's... He only had 11 seconds in that circumstance. That's still very productive that someone would like to have that on their defense. Now, you just couple that again with Khalil Mack's age as it currently stands right now at three, 33 years old, as well as his, his contract scenario, which is a big cap hit for any team that's going to have to undertake that. Any team that trades for Khalil Mack is going to have to come up with some type of restructure to that to get it underneath the cap. But a lot of this, even this whole episode kind of got conceptualized in the first place, Dan, because Jeremy Fowler from ESPN decided to talk some possible trade scenarios. As Of course, as we were getting closer to the combine and we just have free agency just a few short weeks away. But this was his actual quote on SportsCenter yesterday that Jeremy Fowler had said. He said, Mac is one, uh, is one in particular that I know multiple teams have, have spoken to and kept an eye on. Because he had the 17 sacks a year ago, huge cap hit, the Chargers can save 20 plus million on their cap if they were able to trade or move on. 
maybe there's a trade possibility for a team in need of a pass rusher, and there will be many in that market around free agency. That's Jeremy Farrell. That's Jeremy Fowler on SportsCenter. It, we've talked about it amongst ourselves, Dan. I've still believed that Khalil Mack, given the production, even with his age scenario, that if you were to weigh him and Joey Bosa today, that I felt like Khalil Mack had the higher draft yeah. return that you could possibly get. So Dan and I, there's a few hypothetical trade scenarios that have been put out through this. We want to go through those, and Dan and I could talk about our own feelings as it relates to this. But Dan, I'm going to go through a couple with you. And give me some of your thoughts as it relates to just how these would sound on the surface level. So some interesting teams because both both some of the teams here have both been linked in mock trade scenarios to both Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. But Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, he did a trade uh, evaluation last week, actually, that would have the Chargers gaining a 2025 fourth-round pick from the Lions to send Khalil Mack there. And I think that they would be absorbing virtually all of his contract. And I think that's the reason why it is a 2025 fourth-round pick, not a 2024 fourth-round pick. On the surface level, is that something that you would entertain? I'd entertain it. I'd entertain it. I think that would probably be a last case scenario, worst case scenario for me um, versus just outright releasing. But I understand from a Lions perspective, like $38 million cap hit for Khalil Mack right now for this Chargers team or whoever picks them up. Again, they could restructure. So like that's all a possibility. 2025. Is it fourth round? 2025 fourth rounder that they had going back to the yeah, Chargers. That, that, that would probably be my last choice before releasing. Now, again, let's, let's just weigh this trade in a nutshell right now, because let's just say if it came to a situation where you don't tr- trade Khalil Mack, you just outright release him. Or what you do you get? Him, or you restructure or you, and keep him. Or you restructure him. Yes, you could. Saying, yeah. If you think about that, cap structure as far as like, okay, so you released him. Could you end up getting a higher or maybe even the same level of a comp pick depending on what type of a contract he ends up signing with a team next year for, if that ended up being the case? It may end up being in that same scenario where it could end up being a 2025 fourth round pick that you get in return just from a comp standpoint. So I, I... I looked at this and, and like you, I, I, I thought to myself, I, God, I'd rather have 2024 instead of 2025. But when you look at it, as far as just one year difference from what it probably or could end up being if the Chargers went a different direction and just outright released him, that's probably the same thing that you would have gotten back in that circumstance. And you'd be getting a lot of money taking off your salary cap in that particular scenario. If you were to end up trading him to the Lions, they end up absorbing close to all of, of that money for Khalil Mack. Dan, here's another one for you. The Rams trade for Khalil Mack. You look at that roster, Aaron Donald, they have a much younger group of edge rushers that they think requires a veteran presence. <laughs> this was a little bit 
I thought of like a best case scenario because obviously you're talking about a guy in Les Snead who has lived up to the moniker for several years about F them picks. And in this particular circumstance, you know, the Rams kind of have a bulk of their draft picks back. They're able to start drafting again in the higher rounds. They're back to two thirds this year, Dan. So the trade in this scenario was possibly could the Chargers net a third round pick from the Rams in exchange for Khalil Mack. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would do it. I would do it. In the in the two scenarios that you provided, the third round pick, I would do. The future fourth, I'd rather restructure, keep them on the team. Like, say what you will about the contract and the numbers and the cap space that they don't have. Khalil Mack's a damn good football player. And like, it's a good problem to have to figure out how to restructure to keep him on the team. The reason to trade him is if you get good value for him when the value is high. But the value's not high. It's, it's high it's, now. It's if, if you're not getting good value back, it doesn't make any sense. Third round pick? Again, what was it? Two, three years ago, it was the it was a second round pick and a sixth? Mm-hmm. And a future sixth? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think I'd do it. Like, you're sacrificing a ton of production, obviously, but you're getting younger. You're saving 20, what, 23? three million dollars or so of 2024 cap space yeah that alone gets you over the cap or i should say under the cap at that point so yeah i do it this is where I- things get a little tricky is looking at the other edge player on this team <laughs> and to jake's point like you see so much smoke and so many different scenarios where you don't know what the actual value is for Joey Bosa. What say you? Realistically, because Jake, I know you kind of looked at this. It's all over the place. What are the realistic expectations for Joey Bosa's trade return? Look, first of all, when I go through these... (laughs) these trade scenarios that have been out there, people are going to swoon. And we've seen people talk about it in our previous podcast, specifically when we were talking about the edge and the interior defensive line position. There are a lot of people that believe that Joey Bosa, given his contract scenario and the fact that he has only played 14 games over the last two seasons, is going to garner back a first-round pick. Now, the difference between Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack right now biggest thing, obviously, is the age. Joey Bosa has still proven that when he is healthy, he can be productive. That is 100% clear. One of the best edge setters in the entire NFL when it comes to setting that tone for the run and the edge group. Me personally, (laughs) given, given the recent injury history over the past two years, and that contract number, I do not believe that it goes that high. I think that the Chargers would be very fortunate if they were able to get a day two pick from Joey Bosa. I get it. I understand everything as far as when Joey Bosa is healthy. But look, if there is a reason that you are entertaining a trade for Joey Bosa right now, even still at 28 years old, there is a reason for that. There is a reason for that. And then the rest of the league 
is well in the know about what his, I mean, just hell, take away the last two years of the injury history with Joey Bosa. We've been talking about Joey Bosa and injuries, unfortunately, for a long time. We know how good he is, but he is unfortunately riddled by the injury bug. Production does not match the contract, period. Correct. So listen to these two trade scenarios, Dan, because I mean, you and I are automatically going to say, would we do it? And the answer is immediately going to be yes. The idea of it, though, coming to fruition, I think is a little bit out there. <laughs> so this is like, this would be the best possible case scenario. So we'll start with with Alex Ballantyne, who writes for uh, Bleacher Report. He came up with a proposed trade scenario that would send Joey Bosa to the Dallas Cowboys to pair with Micah Parsons. Regardless of contract scenario, they've obviously talked about how you would space that money out, whatever the restructure would look like, that you would basically split it up between two years, and that somehow the Chargers would be netting back a first-round pick for Joey Bosa. Now, obviously, would any of us do it at that point in time? Sure. But I guess- but this ain't Wonderland. But let's keep so, it in reality. Okay, here. So, so think about this. So I think context matters. Yes. And I think looking at like draft possibilities this year in for the Cowboys and the way they'd be picking, comparing that to what they would get with a assumed healthy Joey Bosa. Is Joey Bosa better than the draft pick that they can get at edge this year? Probably, if healthy. Like, I would almost guarantee it, if healthy. There is no bona fide top five elite blue chip pass rusher this year. At least in my opinion. Joey Bosa is one when healthy. So does Dallas see that and say, hey, look, Joey Bosa is better than any first-round edge edge rusher we're drafting this year. Yeah, he'd be way more expensive, but proven. We're in a win-now mode. Jerry Jones is not wasting time. That whole narrative. I can see him being ultra-aggressive and doing it. First-round pick, though? That's crazy to me. (laughs) But, like, I understand the thought behind it. If I'm the Chargers, hell yes, I'm doing it. I mean, I'd probably give them a seventh-round and sixth-round pick also, just thank you for your services. Yes. I yes. just, there's no way. Like, it, I get it. But they're also, trying. I just saw rumors that they're trying to make Dak like 60 million per. I just, uh, I mean, yeah. I know, it, yeah, it's, I do it's it. wild. It's wild. Yes, and, that's just, and just like the Khalil Mack scenario, they had another one for Joey Bosa for those same type of reasons, going to the Rams because of their draft capital, because they currently have on their roster. Here was another one. Alex Kay, who also writes for the Bleacher Report, proposed a trade to send Khalil Mack to the Detroit Lions for their first round pick this year. Mind you, Khalil Detroit is Joey picking, Bosa. Sorry, Joey, Joey Bosa. Sending them for a first round pick, Detroit's first round pick this year. Yes. And, and again, whether it's Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, you know that the Lions need pass rusher help. you got to get someone across from Aiden Hutchinson if you're the Detroit Lions right now. And yes, on the surface level, would you take this 100%? 
it still just seems incredibly far-fetched. Now, as we kind of weighed the pros and cons between Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, obviously the the big contracts are something that any team is going to have to restructure with both of them. But the biggest advantage that Joey Bosa has right now is that you could possibly see him sign a more to a one-year deal, whether he's outright released, whether he's traded on, because of the fact that he's still 28 years old. Teams could invest more in future production out of him because from that standpoint, being under under 30 years old and as an edge rusher and has shown production when he's healthy, you could possibly get more out of him. I think that if you were to outright release him, I think here's where it maybe goes over for Joey Bosa over Khalil Mack, just because again, Dan, from that age perspective, and if he's outright released what he could be signed to for a lengthier contract, you may be able to get a a third round comp pick back in return for Joey Bosa, as opposed to a fourth round pick for Khalil Mack. Now I could see that as a realistic scenario if the chargers outright released him, Mm -hmm. but trading scenario right now, just giving Joey Bosa's recent health over the past two years. I know people have chimed in in our chats over the last couple of weeks saying there's no way we're trading Joey Bosa for less than a first round pick. Look, yes, you are. (laughs) I appreciate your optimism for those of you that have said that. I wish I could have the same because that is just not going to happen. I will be shocked if the Chargers honestly get anything higher than a fourth rounder for Jory Bosa. And I'm not saying that just because of what I, I want in return. I'm just trying to put all of the pieces together in this. Yeah, I'd probably say game. third. Third is probably like ideal scenario for me. Third, if, if they needed a third rounder rounder for Joey Bosa, I would be, I'd be off the wall, honestly. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And again, like we're talking these teams, what could they get if they decided to draft instead? Like Dallas picks 24th. What edge rusher are they going to get better than Joey Bosa? I understand the contract numbers, but like Dallas is a franchise that gives two shits about how much things cost. Like that's been proven. whatever. Push it. Detroit's 29th in this year's draft. They're not drafting a guy better than Joey Bosa right now. Again, went healthy. Rams are 19th. I mean, they're getting a good one for sure, but, but they haven't had a first round pick in the last like six years. So yeah, you, <laughs> you don't want to use want to get rid of that for you. Would think they want to get rid of that for for Joey Bosa, which brings all kinds of variables. Like right. no. So, I don't know. I mean, again, this as much as it's like if we're let's just assume for a second before we get to this next part of the show, let's just assume that Joey Bosa was healthy all the time. The last two years, healthy production, you name it. He still has a 36 million, almost 37 million dollar cap hit. Like that by itself takes away a round or two. Correct. You know how many teams can realistically afford a $36 million contract that's contending? Most, most likely any team that would do that, you're probably going to spread it out over you know two or three years, get his oh, cap man. number down to like eight, between eight and 10 million for 2024. But still. <laughs> Again, you're still kicking that can. Yes. <laughs> like that's a lot of money. Again, that's if he is and has been healthy. Correct. You're still, you're probably like, all right, yeah. But then you add on all the other baggage. You add on all the stuff that you've seen him, you know, off the field, 
with like slamming helmets and some attitude stuff and then the health stuff and then lack of production stuff. Be honest with yourself. So that those are probably the two. I don't think Keenan Allen's getting traded. I think he stays and restructures. I think for the right price, if Khalil Mack wants to stay, I'm absolutely restructuring him. I'm okay with it. Joey Bosa, I'm hoping third third round. I'd probably do fourth round too. Uh, I think they need to move on from, in my opinion, I think they should move on from Joey Bosa. And I wanted to touch on it. I wanted to touch on it, Dan, just because I know you kind of opened this whole segment with it, just immediately talking about Mike Williams. Because Joey Bosa and Mike Williams, almost in the same type of vein in terms of health concerns over the last two years. Obviously, Mike played a majority of the 2022 season before he went down in that final game, but missed the majority of this year with and an ACL injury and he was gone after week three. Why is it you believe that for someone like him, that he doesn't have the same trade value possibly as Joey Bosa has? I think receive, I think receivers in general outside of the cap number, obviously, which is ridiculous. Well, I mean, I mean, that, that's a big one. That's a right. big one. But I think receivers. I don't. I don't think the market is there as much as for edge rushers. I think there's a much larger premium on good edge rushers as there's on wide receivers. On top of that, this receiving class is deep this year. Compare that to the edge rusher. I think receiver has it in spades over the edge rushers. And on top of that, the injury history. So there's a question mark. I think there. So. You think about it from the opposing team side wanting to trade or wanting Mike Williams. What is the reason for them to offer any compensation when they know if they don't and no one else does, they could just pick him up for probably, I'm not saying I say a bargain, but a discount because of all the aforementioned things that I brought up. I think Joy Bosa has a bigger desire from teams in terms of they're willing to give up compensation for him because of how much that wrecks opposing offenses. And like it's and honestly, if it was me, I'm pro- I'd rather keep Mike Williams Joey Bosa. Like I think Mike Williams produces more at this point than Joey Bosa does. Which is weird. But I think if I had to choose between the two, I think I'd keep Mike Williams. I don't think he's going to stay, but I think I would. I think I would. So, we love we all love mock draft simulators. We all love oh yeah the thought, the possibilities of this Chargers team finally, possibly trading back and gaining assets, gaining picks to fill out this roster that this Chargers team has been a little missing, if you will. Again, we're talking like how many holes we've talked about it for weeks now. This team has to fill. The way you do that is you can accumulate assets. And we heard Joe Hortiz talk about comp picks. We've seen the Ravens trade down like crazy and trade up and go nuts and be creative. That's how they do it. And for those who don't know, there's a bunch of different ways to slice this, but a lot of this comes down to this kind of trade value that gets kind of put out there per pick by round. And then you kind of add in team desperation or player need or whatever it is to provide 
possible trade scenarios, give and take. This year, the Chargers, number five overall pick. Again, we're talking value here. So think of it just purely points. You want to try to equal the points that you're trading with a current team. Chargers currently, 1,700 is the value of number five overall pick. And Jake, how apropos is it that we're looking at a Chargers scenario here? All seven routes, <laughs> all in line at number five. Pretty funny because you know they don't trade. So that's where it is. It's pretty exactly stock, right. Now, there are many teams. We'll go through some scenarios here where if they trade, and I've gone through some of the, the trade values here, and we'll go through specifics. What could they possibly get? And who would be the guys that would be there at those selections? So let's start with the first one. We've heard a lot of people talking about a possible trade with Atlanta. In order for a trade to go through with Atlanta, trade proposal. Jake, I will say, I'll put you as Joe Hortiz. Hey, Atlanta. We will give you number five. But in order to do it, I want your eight. And I want both your third round picks, 74 and 79. Joe, in this case, how you feeling? Who's going to hang up first just to confirm that we're in? (laughs) That's what I would say. Yes, I'm doing it. Yes, I'm doing it. As we've talked about, the Chargers have so many needs to fill on this roster. So you're telling me you move back three spots, you get two additional third-round picks in the process, which means you have three cracks at technically four total on day two to fill that out? 100% I am doing that deal. Yep. No and question about, talking, about And that. folks talking about, like, oh, what about their second-round pick? Their second-round pick is worth 470 points, roughly. So Atlanta, say they're desperate for a quarterback, they want to move up, whatever it is. 470 points for number 43, 1,400 for number eight. Add those two up. Obviously, that's well over 1,700 already. So too much. So Chargers would then have to give up like a fourth round pick. I don't think they're going to do that. So if you go back, you look at the Atlanta pick, 74 is worth 220. Where's the other one? 74, 79 is worth 195. Add those up. It's a little more than 1700 but again, it's a quarterback-desperate team. Chargers execute the trade. You now have number eight, 37. He's like 72, I believe. What is the Chargers' second round or third round pick? They are 69, sorry. 69, 74, 79, 37, and eight. Yeah, feels good, right? So, you- so doing it? in the third in the third round, I've got three picks within ten picks of one another. Yeah. Yep. Tell me that. Yeah. Does a bear shit in the woods? Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> the other part here with Atlanta, though, and this is where it could get interesting. We've heard a lot of people talk about, oh, what if we traded the number eight pick and Kyle Pitts for number five? Would you do it? Yes. Yes, I would. Again, Kyle Pitts, I think his cap number is like eleven million this year. Yeah, and so you're gonna have to. Deal. Yep. Okay, so you're gonna have to absolve some some cap. Now, again, the the Kyle Pitts thing, you know, whatever it is that you want to say about, oh, they overdrafted because of draft value. Well, it's like, look, 
Kyle Pitts also went to a situation where the team that drafted him that high doesn't even use him. Mm-hmm. So blame that on Atlanta more than blaming anything on the Chargers for possibly taking a swing at that. But would you take him and $10 million for a one-year deal? Or would I guess what for you, you to for you, you to take him would it have to would you have to have like a sign and or a trade and restructure or resign? You'd have to place? restructure that. You would have to restructure that one hundred percent. You'd have to restructure. So you'd, that. so you'd extend him. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I would. Okay. The other option. So then, if, so basically, you would do that, wipe away seventy four, seventy nine, and just do pits and eight. I'd have to say that there would have to be a pick in there somewhere. Okay. So if, now, it, if it was just straight up five for the eight in Kyle Pitts, I'd have to add a little bit more flavor onto that. So then if you got to eight, no more need for tight end. Correct. That's probably where you're what? Cooking for a Dunze or CB1? Probably. If Odunze gets that far, but yes, you start you start thinking of the other areas where you need to address. Uh, Dan, I, I know that you've seen it, but I've seen other trade scenarios with Atlanta where... Five to eight, Tyler Algier is thrown in there. I think an additional fourth, I I would do it. I don't think that there is anything off the table for the Chargers to consider. They will obviously weigh draft value charts and everything like that just to make sure that they are not getting fleeced. Of course, of course. But nothing is off the table for this Chargers team when it comes to hypothetical trade scenarios. Next one, Minnesota. Minnesota could desperately use a quarterback. We don't know what they're doing with Kirk Cousins. So, in this scenario, I believe they... I don't think they have a second-round pick, if I remember right. So, your options here would be 11. You gain 42 and 130. So, you basically gain a second-round pick. So, you're going to have 11, 37, and 42. So, two picks within five of each other. Plus 69, 11, 37, 42, 69. Are you doing it? How many languages can I answer yes in? <laughs> that's that's how I would say. Look, this one, this, this trade scenario with the Minnesota Vikings, this is where all Chargers fans should be rooting for the likes of J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix this week during the Combine. Because as Daniel Jeremiah alluded to during his whole combine scrum, the quarterback class for next year is not one that you'd want to see. Now, is it possible that Minnesota could fall into a position where whoever the quarterbacks may be, that you end up getting one of the top ones, and maybe we're only talking about two quarterbacks next year? You know, yeah, but that's still at the end of the day, wishful thinking. As Dan mentioned, we don't know what's going to happen with Justin Fields. All all that we do know is that it's most likely that he's playing for a different team other than Chicago next year. And Minnesota is one of those teams that could consider Justin Fields. But if it's in this type of circumstance where Daniel Jeremiah had talked about the the best ideal scenario for the Chargers is that if quarterbacks go one, two, three off the board, is that sometime between now and April 25th, that another one of those quarterbacks in that second tier, that draft stock shoots up so high that you can get one of these teams to come in to say, yes, I need to take that player now. Minnesota would be the one that I think is desperate enough to take a swing at that. So if we're talking about J.J. McCarthy, who seems to be the one that's closest right now for that QB4 conversation, this is a trade scenario to do that. 
Would I be willing to possibly sacrifice Malik Neighbors, Brock Bowers, Roma Dunze to go back to 11 and pick up this haul that Dan has projected out? Yes. 100% I would. Yep. And again, I, I stand corrected. It was a third-round pick that Minnesota does not have this year. So they have a first-round pick, number 11 overall, 42 overall, and they have two fourth-round picks, but no third-round pick. And already, the, the compensation we got, which was 42 and 109, that's a bit over 1,700 in total, along with 11. But again, quarterback desperate team, they will pay a premium to go ahead and do this. You could hypothetically drop to 11 and Brock Bowers is still there. Yeah. You probably, you get, yeah. You got back this trade hall and still got Brock Bowers, who everybody was thinking that you could possibly take at five. Yeah. Yes. Now, here's the more extreme one. But it's one that's enticing. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of Chargers fans just take a second here. Let's say the Chargers get a call from the Steelers. And the Steelers want to get that next year. And say Jane Daniels somehow falls, right? And they're sitting there at five. And Steelers are like, you know what? F them picks. <laughs> and they decide to give you or to offer number 20 overall. So you're now going down 15 spots. So that's a bit big of a leap here. But they're offering you 20, 51, 84, and next year's first. So first round pick, second round pick, third round pick, and next year's first for number five overall. Kiss goodbye, neighbors, Adunze, Bowers, CB one and two, probably. Offensive tackle one, two, probably. Get back to 20. This is probably like JPJ, Frazier possibility for your center. Edge possibilities for sure. Would you do this? Yes. You're you're going down to 20. You're going down to 20. Spoiler alert. You're not going to hear no from me a lot (laughs) in these draft scenarios. So if I buried the lead earlier, you're going to hear yes from me in a lot of different varieties. Yes, 100% I'm doing this. Now, you take the whole Justin Fields outlook as far as where his destinations could possibly go. I see Atlanta and Pittsburgh being two of the top choices that could end up trading for him, especially given their quarterback scenarios right now. And as we said with the Minnesota Vikings situation, the quarterback class for 2025 is not good. And if we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who... This is where Mike Tomlin really deserves his roses because even in the midst of bad quarterback play, his team still does not finish below 500. It is insane the amount of consistency that he has gotten. So if you would expect the same results for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year in 2025, they're probably not going to be in that position to get a quarterback. So do you make a trade like this and do you seemingly – give a haul to the Chargers to to move from 20 up to five. If one of those quarterbacks from the top three is there, or if another quarterback has extended their value from that second tier enough that you feel is, is good enough to make a swing like this, yes, you do this. As Dan said, this is JPJ territory. The Chargers could totally go from the offensive line. You could pick up a corner in this particular draft spot on what that you could possibly do. And you're getting back this type of a haul, including a 2025 first round pick. This would be a home run scenario for Joe Hortiz in his first 
a year as GM. I love this possibility of a trade scenario. I don't even care that it's 15 picks back. <laughs> yes, you would do this. Jake's, Jake's goosebumps are going crazy. And again, I picked realistic trade compensation going both ways. So 20, 51, 84. 20 is 850. 51 is 390. 84 is 170. All of that, 850 plus 390, that's roughly 1240 plus 170. So that's 1310. There's a three about a 400 delta there. Next year's first, they always say kind of just go around behind it. So next year's first would be equivalent to this year's second. So that would be roughly 390 equals about 1700. So that's how we got there. So right now, of all the scenarios so far, is that the one you're doing? I mean, personally, I'm doing any <laughs> I mean, one of them. I know you're going to do all of them, but of I, the I, ones we've done so far, Minnesota, I mean, Atlanta, or this one, if they, all three of those options were given to you. If you Okay, so if you were to tell me that you could get this type of a trade package for either Jaden Daniels or J.J. McCarthy, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if, if those two guys are still on the board, Yes. I'm you which one? Which one are you taking between that one, Minnesota, and Atlanta? So Atlanta again, you're getting eight seventy four, seventy nine. So we go back three spots. Vikings, you're getting another second round pick, but you go back to eleven, and you get one thirty. You go back fifteen spots, and you get twenty, another second, a third, and next year's first. Which would you do? I'll, I'll put it this way, because again, I've said that I love all three of these trade scenarios. I'll put the one that I would say would probably be the most realistic. I would probably say that it's most likely that the Vikings would make a swing like this, mm-hmm. especially if you have one of Jaden Daniels or J.J. McCarthy's increased his draft stock enough that they would be willing to take a swing like this. So you trade back from 5 to 11, you're still in prime real estate for some of the big positions that you need to fill on this roster, mainly at corner. You could definitely be in corner territory starting at 11. And oh, you, yeah. pick up an, you pick up an additional second and a fourth round pick, which gives me three picks on day two, two of them, seemingly five picks between each other. Damn straight. All right, so you're taking the Minnesota one. I think I'm... I think I'm taking Pittsburgh's. I think I'm taking Pittsburgh. I know that you're losing out of like the blue chip quote unquote talent that's available, but you're setting yourself up for so much more success. Sure. More swings at the plate, if you will. We'll end on this one. I'm going to call this the, the Danny special here. Okay? This is what everybody's been talking about. This is a, a double whammy. So you get a call back from Atlanta. Atlanta wants to do that trade that we talked about originally. They give you 8, 74, 79 for your fifth overall. So you gain two third round picks. Again, you'll have 69, 74, and 79 after this trade with Atlanta. Joe Hortiz accepts it. Then you go back to eight. Picks go by. JJ McCarthy's there. Minnesota, desperate gives you a call and says, Hey, now, now it's not five. Again, we're not getting the same thing. I was going to give you for five, but for eight, if you give me eight and the 79, so that second 
third round pick that Atlanta just gave you. I'll give you 11 and a second round pick. So with this, the Chargers would then be dra- drafting at 11, 37, 42, 69, and 74. Give me that one more time. They would be drafting with this double trade. They would then be getting picks 11, 37, 42, 69, and 74. So two times they would have picks, five picks away, five numbers away from each other. 69, 74, 37, 42, plus number 11. So in this hall, you're essentially getting two first, or excuse me, two seconds and two thirds. You will end up with two seconds and two thirds, correct? Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing. Yes. Now here's the interesting thing about this. And you keep your first round pick, which is the most important part. Right. So you get 11 and two seconds, two thirds. Yes. Now here's the interesting thing about this, Dan, is because again, we were talking about Atlanta just a couple of seconds ago and just talking about a trade down scenario with them. The interesting thing about Atlanta here is, and this is where we talk about again, one of these other quarterbacks coming up the ranks. Because hypothetically, most mock drafts have quarterbacks going one, two, three. The anomaly is really going to be with New England. Where are they going to go? Are they going to flip the script and are they going to change it to wide receiver? Does that end up meaning that there's two wide receivers that go back to back between New England and Arizona? Let's just say Atlanta. Do they only trade up if there's quarterbacks on the board in that scenario? Because if look at who you have right ahead of you, Dan. It's it's the Giants. It's Tennessee. Maybe the Giants, are they going to go off of Daniel Jones? Who possibly. knows? It's possible. Bite, bite the bullet, take the cap hit number, but right. whatever. Yeah. It's possible. Tennessee, I think, is comfortable in their future with what they've seen from Will Levis, so I don't think that they're going quarterback in that scenario. So that leaves, do you still make that trade up to get ahead of the likes of Minnesota being one, Denver being another, and if the, Ve- and if the Las Vegas Raiders choose to go quarterback again, do you do that type of scenario? It's interesting with Atlanta. Minnesota, 100%, I see that happening. I would love a double trade down scenario like this. People have been asking this. Is it possible for for Joe Hortiz to do this? Yes. Yes. Can you imagine, as as Dan likes to say, the euphoria of Charger (laughs) fans everywhere, if this ended up happening? Because I've talked about, Dan and I have talked about this, the emotional flow that would happen. Because first of all, if the Chargers end up trading for five to eight. That's one trader within itself. Everybody's excited because they finally pulled off a trade. Great. And then they're on the clock again at eight and they end up trading that one away with whoever is still on the board. The emotions are going to go from like so high to like you're preparing yourself for whoever the Chargers is going to take at eight with who's on the board. And then they do it again. And you're like, oh God, please, who's still going to be on the board by 11? (laughs) The emotions are going to go everywhere. But if this double trade down scenario happens, this would be wild really sick so then i guess the question that becomes of the two scenarios would so i'm assuming you'd rather the double the double trade scenario than the minnesota one by itself correct i i would i'll okay. i'll just preface it with saying that i feel like today that a one single trade with minnesota is more plausible of, but of, of course, course. Yes. obviously yes what whatever package is going to net you more picks obviously is going to hold higher favor 
the route in which you get there, though, is a little bit is more iffy. So then I guess my question to you then is, let's compare the Steelers package with that double trade scenario. Which would you rather have? <laughs> the Steelers one is more of like a two-year gold. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have as many early, and you're sacrificing a little bit in terms of going from 5 to 20, but you gain another first-round pick next year, and you get the third, excuse me, the second and the third-round pick this year. So it helps both years, whereas Minnesota, or excuse me, with the double one, that's basically all this year. Next year, you're back to square one. Which would you do? Like I said, there's not going to be no for me in a lot of these different scenarios because I'm truthfully comfortable with either. It, which one would I favor more as opposed to gaining an additional first round pick next year or getting two cracks at it in both the second and the third round when you know that you have so many holes to fill on this roster this year? Honestly, that's probably where I'm leaning towards. I would take the double trade scenario in this particular circumstance, given what the Chargers roster is now, slightly over the Pittsburgh Steelers one. Like I said, I would not mind either of them. I think if both of them ended up taking place, I think it'd be a home run. So you basically then pick, so you're picking the one that goes 11, 37, mm-hmm. 42, mm-hmm. 69, yep. and 74. That's five picks yes. in the top 100 this year. Yes. Yes. Mm, I think I am too. Although, man, that next year is first, though. It's enticing. I totally but, get that. But going from 5 to 11 is a lot easier to swallow than 5 to 20. Correct. I love this time of year. And I love the fact, to your point, Jake, that we finally forking have a GM who may actually do something on draft day that's creative. Like, no shade to Tom Telesco, but, like, what are we doing? Like, I know we've heard, like, the, yeah, we fielded lots of calls and it just, you know, didn't make sense. Dude. Give me a break. You've had a decade not once did anything make sense to you i know you're kind of like coupon tom but like doesn't make sense sometimes on draft day i i also love the fact that everyone knows that like joe hortiz is so open for business like you go into it previous regime yeah i'm not trading with that like they're not doing it they're just gonna wait to try to get the best scenario for them they're kind of cheap in terms of trade trade value yeah whatever i'm not doing it Baltimore, hey, what's up, Baltimore? How you doing, Joe? Hey, over with LA? No, that suck. Yeah. Like, man. So, trade scenarios. Again, how realistic, at least the, the compensations that we provided here today are realistic in terms of value going both ways. So, it adds up. Could they happen? Will they happen? I don't know. But it opens the doors of possibilities and get your mind thinking of how this could possibly happen. Again, use the trade value formulas. Use those charts. Look at the numbers. You guys can do this on your own. It comes down to what are you comfortable giving up and how far back are you willing to go to get those picks? Again, I think to your point, Jake, your best case scenario (laughs) 
is J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix or hell, even, even Jaden Ban- Jaden Daniels, Penix, one of these guys, all of these guys ball out first off. But if Jaden Daniels is there at five, dreams. Mm-hmm. If you trade down one the, to eight, one. one of those guys are there, awesome. If J.J. McCarthy blows this thing out of the water, and maybe he is now wanted to be looked at in a top five quarterback, yeah. Or maybe a Dunze goes crazy. Or you see one of these corners go nuts at the combine. That's what this week is so important. You're wanting to see these guys rise to the top. Keep on coming. That's the wild part about this is because I know that everything mainly links to quarterbacks for other teams that the Chargers could find a trade partner in. It might not just be quarterbacks. You could then open up a whole other side of Pandora's box if we're talking about any other positions, whether it be offensive linemen, most not, most likely not, but probably one of those skill positioner players, as Dan just mentioned, Roman, du- Roman Dunze is about to have a field day at the NFL Combine because we already know that Marvin, jo- Marvin Harrison Jr. is not running. Malik Neighbors ain't running. It's, it's, it's Roma Dunes a show to take for the wide receiver group this week, and he could skyrocket his draft stock if it's not high enough already. Yeah, and if you're a team like Minnesota, and you look at that cap hit for Justin Jefferson, or maybe you want to trade up and get a receiver instead with a tw- probably $30 million less, or maybe you're a team like Cincinnati, and you're looking at the T. Higgins contract and the franchise tag and all that, maybe go a different direction. Seattle, Tyler Lockett. A lot of teams could use a wide receiver, and this is the class to do it. Or they need a quarterback because next year's class ain't great. All benefits the Chargers. So we talked about a bunch of scenarios here. We'll see. We have, what, two weeks before we find out what the Chargers do to get under the salary cap? One of these guys might not be there. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa might end up getting cut, release, restructure. Because of the cap situation, though, they are in the area of possibility where if they make a couple lower tier cuts, releases, and restructure one of them, they're gold. And they don't have to do some of the things that we thought they did originally. So anything else, Jake? We went through a lot of scenarios here. Anything else before we get out of here? Gets you hyped, doesn't it? It gets yeah. you hyped. You don't have to speculate anymore about a GM not willing to do something to better the team for the future. Uh, it's already been said, essentially, from Joe Hortiz in that circumstance. So it, it only cranks the dial up to 11 when it comes to getting excited about draft season. Ah, so ready. So ready. Combine this week. We got you covered for it. We have some special guests to talk about this week. Special guests to talk about it next week. Special guests to talk about the week after that, going into the draft. We got a lot of things coming. So pumped. Um, honestly, I'm ready to get this thing rocking. Joe Hortiz at the podium tomorrow. I believe it's 10 a.m. Pacific time. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure a lot of folks are going to be glued to that television for the combine. Enjoy it. We'll have you covered as we go through. But until then, we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.